This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Everybody, welcome to Overdue. This is a podcast with the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. I found every left turn inside of every one of those words, and I just hit it <laughs> real hard. It. Drifted into all of those curves. <laughs> Andrew, we have a pretty special show this week. What's yeah, the it's deal? A spe- special treat. Well, okay, so we this is an episode about Lord of the Flies by, by William, William Golding. Golding. Yeah, yeah, but it's not just us. Whoa. Whoa! We recorded it with the with the folks up at in the, uh, the the New York Public Library. They do a podcast called "The Librarian Is In." That's that's what it's called. Yes, and we went up there a couple weeks ago uh, to New York City, and we were and we sat in their little makeshift recording studio, and we recorded a really fun episode where they read the book, and we were just kind of along. For the ride to be our usual idiot selves. Yeah. So Gwen and Frank had us up there uh, and their boy Riker helped us out. They released this on their feed like a week and a half ago, but we wanted to make sure that all of our listeners got it like in case you missed any random tweet about it, which is totally understandable. Because mm-hmm. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk more at the end of this episode about how to find more librarian is in if you dig Gwen and Frank, which you totally will. Um, but Andrew, we have a couple quick announcements before right, we, right before like, we get, get going. started. I wanted to say, okay, so number one, our merch store is closing at 11.59 p.m. on January 31st, which is Tuesday. So right? if you're listening to this, yeah, you go, if you're listening to this on January 30th, come on. You, you can still get in. That's overduepodcast.com slash store. We still have mugs and totes and all that good stuff. Um, we may offer this stuff again at some point in the future, but we don't we don't know when just because it's like, you know, we have to keep stuff on hand and it's like a, a lot of it's like a big upfront expenditure It's just too much for us to be able to keep a store standing all the time. So uh, this might be the last opportunity for you guys to get this stuff for a while. So um, overduepodcast.com slash store put in your order before the end of the day on Tuesday. And then the other thing, Craig. Mm-hmm is a live show that we got coming up on Saturday, February 11th. That's true. At 6 p.m., we're going to be at the main branch of the Free Library of Philadelphia here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We're doing a double bill with some podcast called Appointment Television. Mm-hmm. I think you listen to them. I don't know what the deal is. but mm-hmm. our, That joke is still good. Good joke. I use it every week, and mm-hmm. I'll see how I'll see when someone... Never You're mind. just jealous that I cheat on you with another podcast. <laughs> That's been the subtext the whole time, and I know. thanks for telling everyone. Um, so if you go to bit.ly slash library show... All one word. All one word. Or if you go to our Facebook page, there's an event where you can find info on RSVPing. You can... Uh, the tickets are 15 bucks with some handling fees through brown paper tickets. The link is on the Facebook event. Some of that money goes directly to the library, so you help 
books directly. And uh, some of it goes toward us, so you help <laughs> us directly. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then you can find information on a post-show meetup at the Kite and Key, a just like brisk walk from the library where we will mm-hmm. meet up afterwards uh, and have something to drink and toast our shared love of books and television. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So, so again, bit.ly slash library show. I think we'll just, we're just going to throw it over to past us and Gwen and Frank, right? Take it away, people from the past. That's a flashback noise. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Librarian is In, the New York Public Library's podcast about books, culture, and what to read next. I'm Gwen. And I'm Frank. And this is a very special episode because we are joined here in our studio with uh, the host of Overdue, Andrew and Craig. They came the whole way from Philadelphia. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We should probably assign names to our voices. I'm, I'm Craig. I'm Craig. No. Don't. <laughs> don't. Why would you People do that? People are going to get so confused. <laughs> I, am, I am Andrew. He is Craig. Why don't we adopt voices? Like, I'll be like, hey, Frank, <laughs> I thought Loader the Flies was... <laughs> Oh and then you could then we'll know because oh, otherwise crepes. listeners are going to be like who's talking oh that's Gwen who else right. is talking right. oh sure well, I'm Craig talking about the book yes that's me <laughs> what are you, the mom nice. from Bobby's World that's like, the only voice I had today oh boy I don't even know where mine you goes. can all just be one big soup of toxic masculinity oh. and I will be the only voice that you can recognize so there we go perfect Fine. I've made that recipe a bunch of times yes. you know what our personalities <laughs> are going to emerge very quickly and clearly just like in Lord of the Flies <laughs> I'm sure that's true well I'm, I'm as I said on this podcast many times i'm a big overdue fan and it's actually really kind of cool to see your voices coming out of your actual faces mm, yeah <laughs> there's something we get really that we, people that. tell me that all the time <laughs> i love seeing the sound waves emerge from your skull yeah no it's and it's weird because we're we don't often record in the same room we were talking about this before we started mm-hmm. so it's our energy is going to be like up also Ooh, i'm nice. I don't know what that means. <laughs> we'll find out. I can't yeah. wait. Well, Four so, okay. chatterboxes. So maybe we should say before we start, so we're each going to release this. So the yeah. librarian is in. We already said we're the New York Public Library's podcast. Why don't you tell us what you guys are? Oh, sure. You want to go? Yeah, we're overdue a podcast about the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, every, every week, one of us reads a book that we've never read before, and we describe it to the other person. Yeah. And we do like some author research, which we figured out a couple episodes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were saying, uh, our goal every week is, you know, A, if you were at a cocktail party and someone said like, hey, have you ever read Lord of the Flies? And you like needed to pretend that you had, mm-hmm. like maybe we could help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and or we're also trying to ask the question of like, why is why would anybody find this book important? Mm-hmm. Whatever book mm-hmm. we're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's stuff from the canon. It's stuff that's contemporary, but. People are really responding to it, and we take listener recommendations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There you go. I think it's brilliant. I mean, we do a book discussion at Jefferson Market, which is the branch I work in, and one book out of the year, usually at least one, is something just like you just said. And that way, I never read Fahrenheit 451, Mm. um, Catcher... Well, I did read Catcher the Ride 15, or... To Kill a Mockingbird as a child. I read them as adults because of this. So I think it's a great, great, great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm a new fan because I'd never heard of you before Gwen mentioned it. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, I'll listen to it. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Andrew. Oh, wow. All right. Never, never check them best of iTunes charts, huh? Uh, 
<laughs> you know why? <laughs> because my phone is so old, I can't even access it. Oh, yeah, sure. It's a four. <laughs> I'm only four. <laughs> I know, I'm a moron. I'm sorry, but now I'm a fan. Well, so. and a lot of these books that that we've covered, and it sounds like you're talking about, are those ones that you were supposed to read mm-hmm. yeah. at some point. High school reading list, right? right? For sure. Frankenstein was one of them. And the book that we are talking about today, it's funny that you mentioned Lord of the Flies, because right. it was Lord of the Flies. Whoa. Um, and I was really <laughs> excited to pick this book, because I don't think I ever read this book. I think it exactly falls under the premise. Like, I don't think I ever... I was supposed to have read this book. Mm. I don't recall ever reading it. Like, it's yeah. familiar because it's sort of out there in the zeitgeist and piggy and the glass and whatever. But, like, I didn't really know anything about I, it. I, it makes I, you... Re- I can't remember, but, like, we must have been assigned this in high school. I don't know how I m- missed it. Like, yeah, there's just like, a little work you really can do in school. <laughs> there, it's like this and I think The Great Gatsby and maybe Fahrenheit 451 are all books that we read when we were, like, 15, but technically... They're disqualified from the show because we both read them already. Yeah, like that's uh, why we were real excited to do this with you guys. I, <laughs> funny you mentioned Fahrenheit 451 because in eighth grade it was, we as a class voted to either read Lord of the Flies <laughs> or Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> <laughs> and we chose Fahrenheit, which I don't know what that says about us mm-hmm. as a group of eighth graders. Mm-hmm. But then I went back and read Lord of the Flies. I think anyway. if you had read Lord of the yeah. Flies, it would have said more about you as a that's group of eighth graders. <laughs> an interesting question like what age is the right age for this book because I my husband was saying that he read it when he I think was in eighth grade and I was like that it seems really young to me for this like partly because of the serious subject matter and partly because I feel like the allegory would all go over your head if you were too young right like you wouldn't be catching a lot of the stuff that's in this book it's see- Seeps in possibly. I mean, I you know, I remember reading Great Gatsby in tenth grade and it made a huge impact on me. But I remember, and I thought of that reading Lord of the Flies, how I did not understand where I was sometimes. Like mm. I didn't understand mm. some of his descriptions. Like when Fitzgerald describes certain things, I was like, "Where is he? What? Is, what? Is, what's happening?" But yet for me, it was extremely exciting to not know yeah. oh. and to have suddenly a truth emerge. So mm. when I was reading this, because he has some really beautiful passages, he has some really wonderful. Um, wonderful writing in this book Lord of the Flies <laughs> um, that made me remember like if I were in 8th or ninth grade how a certain kind of kid will be like wow this is sort of like adult mm. it's, you know? it's funny because I found the writing okay so wait should we, should just, we just get launch it? We always... so do you start with like an official summary of the plot I never depends know on if you do book. that it's very subtle because d- yeah, I never noticed you do book. it before and um, okay. we, we will sometimes talk about it beforehand of like do we want to hit plot or not sometimes we kind of figure it out as we go yeah and we like every episode has a spoiler warning on it oh, but yeah. sometimes sometimes discussing the the like the twist or the end is more important to talking about the rest of the book yeah. than other not times not this book really but yeah. we'll probably end up talking about all of it there Let's, is an ending to this book yeah. that could yeah. be spoilery. That, I mean, right, I didn't know. But we'll, I we, didn't we are revealing it. all. Right, so. okay. So yeah, yeah. I like what you guys everything say. Is, everything, <laughs> is, we're, everything is game. So okay, like usually that, we usually yeah. like we default to plot synopsis, and if we dive down rabbit holes, then mm-hmm. that's where we okay. dive. That's where we end up. That's and you also go. always say, this is a spoiler, but you should have read this book right. already anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, what are you doing? Right. Okay, so. So is it our role, Gwen and me, to be the ones that tell you? Yeah, and we'll ask mm, questions. Okay. Yeah, that's, of, even yeah. though you read it, but you read it years ago. Yes, and then okay. we've got a bunch on Golding about the book's publication history, which we mm. can talk about. We usually talk about before, but if you guys want to talk about it after, 
Just more in shake keeping, you up. more yeah, in like, keeping with I your like it, yeah. Okay. Craig, I like Craig's forgotten it. So. Yeah, I don't know what's going on between you and Andrew. <laughs> I don't know. We're well, actually, we've got a lot of we're time. We're having a little argument, I think. No, no, it's, it's fine. Subtext. No, this is your this is your house. I'm just no. I gotta I'm play by here. your rules. I'm like petting Andrew. <laughs> 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 All right. So the plot, or well, so basically, should I just say yeah. it's um a bunch of boys uh. W- wake up on a isolated island basically after a plane crash okay and then they wake up and do what they do i mean and it's it's in a ahead. world war well that's what's interesting I I, is I it thought specific it was, i thought it was world war Two, but it's actually i don't think it is nuclear, because i think it's like unspecified like nuclear event okay. yeah and huh. you know why also there's very few details about very what's few. going on it's mm-hmm. really crash you don't even get the drama of the crash. Right. They just they're we've woken up in this on this tropical island mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And there are some details, but very few. One at one point there the boys are talking about later in the book that what they're yearning and what they're missing, and one of them says T V. Okay. And T V was not around in nineteen forty one at World That's War Two. But the book TV. was written in nineteen fifty four and a lot of middle class, upper middle class boys would have had TVs. Mm-hmm. So, and they're British boys? They're, they're British, British school okay. children, but they don't all know each other. And I okay. think the sense was that they were being evacuated, right? They uh-huh. were, they were, what? Yeah. yeah, right? Okay. So like this already, like an eighth grader, I don't think would be picking no, up on this stuff. About yeah, that. yeah, no. Right. Okay, cool. That's Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that's like, yay. Yeah, no, my curiosity is, yeah. drives why I'm But here. the backstory is not, I think intentionally, clearly, yeah. not a part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. You just, right. It's just, but you get a sense of class. Yeah. What is the age disparation? Oh, yeah. oh so there's a big age disparity where there's there's little ones that yeah. are really mm-hmm. little, like I think six. six, right? And then the ones, so these sort of natural leaders emerge, Ralph, who is 12, mm-hmm. and Jack, we don't know how old About Jack and is. Yeah. I think. Um, and then, yeah, so the two of them Six are sort 12. of battling it out for leadership. But there's like, you can tell when they're on the island that there's a huge range of kids' ages and personalities. And they're not all, like, some of them aren't named. They're just like groups yes, of little ones right. and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Okay. Well, and like, how important is knowing anything about their background to the book? Like, it's it's pretty much just about what happens when they all get to the island, right? Like, right. Yes. Although it is an allegory about civilization mm-hmm. and the civilizing power of Uh-oh. the world. Sure. <laughs> now we're Sorry. back in school. Yeah, right. Thank you, <laughs> Ms. Glazer. We spent approximately 12 seconds <laughs> it's on the an alleg- I'm writing no, it's an allegory for civil. No wonder we would have fallen asleep. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that would have been your boring teacher. An allegory yeah. of civilization. Oh, but no, yeah. So the the two two like leaders who emerge and then fight. And what's, so what's interesting is that you you pick up Ralph first. Ralph is the first guy you, kid you meet, mm-hmm. and he is alone. And then he meets Piggy. <laughs> a, a, Why are you rolling your eyes at well, me? Because I mean, you never know Piggy's real name ever. That's true. Okay, I was going to ask if that is his Christian name no. or if that's just a, so. It's actually okay. really sad. It's because, a safe name. <laughs> it's really sad because Ralph, when he first meets Ralph, he says, you know, like Ralph. They're talking about their names, and mm-hmm. Ralph said, and Ralph, who's clearly this sort of like golden boy, like used to being in charge, he's clearly quite well off. He talks a lot about how his father is in the army, is going to come rescue them off the island. Um, and so Piggy says, you can call me anything, but don't call me Piggy. 
And so Aww, then they man. all start clubbing. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Have you never been bullied before? Do you not know how this works? <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. You meet these two first. And I, I, it, it's an interesting thing about Piggy's personality because Piggy, I don't know if you remember, has a lot of solid sound reasoning. But yeah. to me, he's mm-hmm. one of those personalities that, that clearly was victimized. Mm. He's chubby, wears glasses. Although his glasses are the thing that see them Well, all. yeah. yeah but um, he sort of, and he's, his personality developed or reacted to his victimization or bullying to sort of almost announce it before. Mm-hmm. Like, so everything he does is sort of like, uh, and then comes really good wisdom, but it's almost like, you know, you can call me anything, but just don't call me Piggy. Right. That's and then, and then it's like, yeah. you think as, as a grown up, you're like, why are you even telling him you have a chance to reinvent yourself in this island? God. Branding it's is also, so important. Branding is so important. <laughs> oh, and maybe God. this is something, maybe you'll be able to tell us this about William Golding later, but Piggy speaks with an accent that as an American mm. reader, I didn't understand mm. what that was supposed to be telling us. Like, was he supposed to be like very snooty and upper class? Was it supposed to be a like lower class accent? I don't know what that's supposed to be. He's, he's the only right. character that speaks with any kind of he's accent. He's written with a with an accent, yeah. and none of the other characters are. Yeah. That's I a, wonder if a sample? That's, yeah, I wonder if that has to do with him being a vestige of civilization in the way that, like, immediately once they get on the island, the boys are not. Well, like, and then I know, I know, like, in England, like, everybody knows what right. what the accents are and also, like, <laughs> yeah. what they mean, like, what connotations exactly. they have. Exactly, it's super so, coded. clearly, I do not understand. Yeah. <laughs> That's a but great I'm sure, point. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times I feel like when accents are done but not done for every character, it's sort of like, it could be a racist thing, it could be sort of mm-hmm. classist, it could be something. But great point, Craig, that they're maybe he's the only character that and through the book it proves this has still has one foot in civilization Mm, and he's always that voice of let's get back to what we really need to do along with ralph of course Ralph, Ralph, i mean piggy chooses to be second Mm -hmm. yeah that's true he does not Mm want to be first so ralph is the chief but he he'll he'll whisper in ralph's ear like right if Ralph's forgetting his speech when they have meeting communal meetings amongst the boys, With the about conch what shell, which do. is important, is it later. conch or conch? I think it's conch. Conch. We get to decide in this room right now oh. what yeah. we want to say. I vote, shell, I'm on. I'm on team team conch. <laughs> I, think, I think conch is right, but I want to say conch too. Conch is like you get that sound. It's not as nice to listen to. I'm gonna say conch. Yes, thank you. Well, the lines are even drawn. Okay. Um, okay, so let's see what else happens. Deadline. So, all right, so, so Ralph and Piggy meet, right? And then a group of bo- another group of boys they encounter come ro- walking along mm-hmm. the beach in formation in dark robes, right. in choir caps. boys, choir boys, yes, mm-hmm. led and by still the red-headed Jack. This is led by Jack, yes, right? Who becomes the other focal character mm-hmm. vis-a-vis Ralph? Mm-hmm. So, if this were the if this were the hit television show Lost, <laughs> who is who? So I mean, Jack is Ralph. Is Ralph? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, I used to. Love I haven't, that I haven't show. seen it either. So that oh, can really? be what we bond See, over. Like, is like never, yeah. never yeah. having watched Lost. Well, and so and so Jack the the books Jack is like your Sawyer, except he's like running a bunch of choir. This is a terrible analogy. I shouldn't have even brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Who's Hurley? I know his name. Piggy? He's the lo- yeah, the he lottery would... guy, but yeah, he does yeah. believe in the hatch. Yeah, like he's it, it's not Wait, a perfect. Sawyer is the hot one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah. forgot which one he was. So yeah, he would sort of be the Jack, but was he? He wasn't like bad though. Was no, he like a renegade? He's, he's a he's a Han Solo. Okay. 
I mean, let's just go all the way down. Okay. It's all Star Wars at the bottom. <laughs> Star Wars all the way so down. So these, these choir boys show up. Yes. So the choir, sorry. Yeah, okay, boy, so the choir thanks boys Thanks for this show fruitful up. tangent. Uh-huh. <laughs> and pretty much like right from the get-go, they're like, we have to hunt and we have to kill a pig. And killing a pig is Jack's like main motivation. It's the thing he wants to do. He's totally obsessed with it. There's like a really serious like bloodlust thing going on. But him. not right away. I mean, Same. There is. I guess not right Jack away. They cooperate Ralph at first. Are, emerge as clear leaders. The boys treat them that way. I right. mean, Jack is leading his choir, and Ralph is has with Piggy, and then some He's the other kids. He's not leading his choir in song. Not, There's no singing. Not, well, they were singing on that beach. That's how they when they were walking. I think they were, weren't they? Oh, I don't know. I don't maybe know. when I you take first it see back. them. But There's Ralph chanting later. then meets Piggy, and then other boys emerge, and so they that by consensus in a way, the, each of their factions, they're both leaders. Mm-hmm. But then. They decide because they're, you know, very civilized and they're thinking, well, there has to be one leader. So who's it going to be? And and it is agreed that without a lot of rancor that Ralph is that leader. Jack like submits to him and clearly sort of says like, "Okay, you're in charge here. Um, And they go about sort of building civilization. They build some shelters. They build, you know, they start a fire that's supposed to be a signal in case any ships are passing, Mm -hmm. which is really important. And Ralph the whole time is very, very into like, we have to keep this fire going. This is the thing that's going to get us off the island. And is Ralph the one who has like a dad in the military who's like, he, my dad's going to come. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And so as things go on and they're there for longer and longer, although you don't, how long do you think this is? It's like a couple months, maybe? Well, they talk a lot about Ralph's hair. <laughs> okay. They do talk a lot Which about Ralph's hair. Which actually his hair gets longer and longer. He's blonde. Right. And, and he's he, like, he's always like, like, like Kate Blanchett and Carol. He's always pushing it back off his face. Like, and there's even a great moment. Like, it seems slightly camp. I'm just going to throw this out there. Like, he's always doing this, his hair. And he says it annoys him. And I think partly the reason the hair is there is to show passage of time yeah. and also right. to show how. Yeah little things get in your way like he can't see clearly he can't fight as well but he's talking to piggy and piggy's like piggy can say some weird stuff sometimes it's like oh i wish we had tv or something and and ralph's always like why bother why even wish and so uh piggy says something like i want i wish i could tell someone of our plight or something and then it says um ralph pushes his blonde hair back and says why don't you write a letter to auntie And then Piggy's like, but I don't have a postage stamp and I yeah. don't have a postman. I don't have a post box. Why don't you write a letter to Anne? I mean, he's clearly just telling him to like jump off a bridge, right? I'm gonna yeah. that's gonna be my go to burn. Like, why don't you go write a letter to Auntie about it? Yeah. I mean Kate Blanchett can play I'm Ralph re- oh, in the God, remake. I'm really hungry. I wish I had something to eat right now. Yeah, go write a letter to Auntie about it. <laughs> why don't you write he's just like dismissing Piggy. Like they all dismiss Piggy. Like Piggy. Piggy stop. Where where were we? But they need his glasses for this fire, right? right? That's exactly. like the whole That's thing. the only way that they can light the fire. Mm-hmm. And as things begin to fall apart, Ralph gets more and more obsessed with the fire, and Jack gets more and more obsessed with the pig until it gets to the point where there's a basic conflagration, and they decide that Ralph is no longer the leader, and he that they don't respect him. They won't come to the meeting when the conch slash conch is Can I ask the blown. boys something? Sure. The boys. The boys. Andrew yeah. Craig. Hey. Do you remember... <laughs> all right, so Ralph was the leader and Jack is, you know, acknowledges that even though he's also a strong personality and has his choir that, you know, defer to him because they knew each other. Do you remember what the schism was that... That happened between the two the two boys. Right? I don't remember the specific like with... catalyst for everything like going. Is there something with a? Is it is it with the beast? No, it doesn't have to do with the beast, does it? The beast plays into it certainly. Simon, I 
and the beast. Yeah. I'm just oh. thinking about how if they caught the pig, then they would have been happy they had to fire and everybody would be fine. They'd have roasted pig. Well, they did catch a pig. Oh, well, that's they catch that's what yeah. happens. They, okay. Mm-hmm. Jack goes at Jack, as Gwen said, gets fixated on hunting and getting meat for the boys. And so he goes uh, hunting for the pig, which is a big, big deal for Jack. And he lets the fire go out. That's and, right. And that's then right. Ralph says, if you let the fire go out. And this is so interesting to me because then, then it becomes divided. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's always that argument between yeah. like, what is the most important thing in mm-hmm. terms of survival? Like, is it the fire? Like, because Ralph is obsessed with keeping the fire, be, meaning the smoke in the air so right. it can be seen. And Jack's like, well, we need meat. We need to eat. We need, mm-hmm. we need this. Yeah, it's this interplay between like, what do I literally need right now? And can and do I have the energy or the want or the patience to envision something that's going to help me in the future? Exactly. Now, right? Yeah. That like we may or may not still believe exists even. Yeah. So, like, do they really believe that they're going to be rescued? And Ralph never stops believing it. But you can see that it sort of falls away for the other boys to the point that it becomes completely irrelevant whether they keep the fire going or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, they, there's a part that talks about just that sort of thing, which Craig put really well. I mean, like that it's like it's sort of difficult to be thoughtful and to mm-hmm. be to be forward thinking and to keep that going. And Ralph certainly does uh, undergo an existential crisis, I think, and under does undergo a little bit of like like psych soul weariness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's that part later in the book where he's talking giving speeches and he forgets what he's saying and then piggy says the fire the fire and ralph's like that's right Right. the fire and Mm -hmm. he's undergoing this crisis of like of motivation right and it's so much easier in lots of ways to i use the word devolve into what jack becomes like just you know real specific pleasure in front of you like punch fight kill eat Mm -hmm. you know just uh, you know, your your what is the word? Your not base, id? but like yeah, id. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like desires. It desires, it's just yeah. The stuff that you do that that's done with the future in mind is often like the less fun stuff. So mm. like, yeah. I'm gonna go to the gym so I don't like die later or. <laughs> Like future Andrew will hate me for eating this pizza, but right. I kind of want pizza. Yeah, Did you see that right. article going around a couple weeks ago that was like uh, being able to plan for the future and. Uh, like not do things, not succumb to your immediate desires is like having empathy for your future self. It's like the same part of your brain where you have like empathy for other people. I did see that. It's this idea that you are like able to conceive of yourself as a person that exists beyond five minutes from now that has Mm. wants and needs that might be different from you right now. Future Andrew is an aspirational figure. Like he's he's who we all want to be. All of us. And past Andrew Doing better is, than is current. a jerk. <laughs> past Andrew is always past a jerk. Past Andrew is always screwing everybody over. <laughs> oh, my God. And poor present Andrew is just caught in between. <laughs> well, so that actually makes me want to ask, like, what would happen if this book was the four of us? Whoa. <laughs> and maybe the oh producer. My two, two of us have glasses. Yes, two I of mean, us have glasses. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah. We're already okay. like ahead. So mm-hmm. that's, so that's good. good. So we can yeah. divide into factions. But um, the, the conch faction and the conch right. faction. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> I wonder who like would emerge as leader. Ooh. <laughs> it would be me. I think it's the first person who says. <gasps> wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. I call it. Yeah. That's it. Well, you know. <laughs> and I know my I, my personality. I would I would defer to that. I I I have a lot of. I mean. I've, definitely evolved as a person in charge of where I work but 
I know that I would defer to it because I couldn't stand there and say it's good. No, 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 it's going to be me. But yet I would probably get on your. I, You're a jack. I would want to sure, be on yeah. your side. <laughs> I want to be. I'd be your piggy. You're a total jack. Well, like Just Andrew, I'm your total slither. I think he'd be a we, jack too. <laughs> I think you'd be a jack. <laughs> me? Yeah. Because right at first he doesn't. He's he's okay with it at first, and then like. As and then later progress. you come to resent. Yep. Yeah. I always learn. You'd, I, you'd identify like, and a Jack Yeah, you'd identify priorities that you think are you know valuable, but you're not willing to say that they're better than his priorities. Mm-hmm. And so you go off and do them, and then someone's going to leave the fire go out, and then we're all going to fight. But the, that one thing I wouldn't have is I wouldn't have um, a bunch of choir boys. I wouldn't have like. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, what's another conversation? Um, yeah, we should talk about that later. <laughs> um, now, now you made me forget my point. Oh, I would defer to Andrew, but I would, as opposed to Jack, I would not regret it. I would not oh, fester sure. about okay. it. I wouldn't. I, I mm. wouldn't because I, I feel like I do have a, I do, I couldn't hurt somebody. I really couldn't. And I don't think I'd go to that place of real anger of like, I'm not in charge and I have to be. I would, I might get frustrated. I actually probably end up, I think, like Simon. I was going to say, yeah, somebody gets to be Simon. Let's who's talk the about truth Simon. Talk about Simon. Yeah. Tell Simon me is, about Simon. Uh, Simon is Jesus. He is. He right? is. He's, He's totally Jesus. Jesus. Do you mean that so, literally or do you um, mean that in the I mean figurative that sense? He's allegory. an allegory. He's an allegory for Jesus. Yes. Okay. So we also should talk about what the Lord <laughs> of the Flies is. So the Lord of the Flies. So, okay. So Jack Lord goes and kills the pig. Mm-hmm. And then they put the pig's head on a stick that is sharpened at both ends. And they cram the stick in the ground, cram the pig's head on right. it. And immediately all of these flies, because they're on like a tropical island, come and flock to the pig. And it's super disgusting and whatever. And so Simon, who is one of the younger kids, but has been closely allied in the power structure with the leaders, um, Simon goes and is sort of having this crisis about which side he's going to take. And because people sort of start slowly defecting from Jack or from, mm. I'm sorry, from Ralph. And so he's not sure what he's going to do. And you can see him sort of falling apart. And I mean, when you think about how old he probably is, probably like eight or 10. Seven or, yeah. Yeah. He's like young. he's a really little kid. And so he's gone into the woods to freak out basically. And he, he stumbles upon, not knowing that they've killed the pig, he stumbles upon this pig's head crawling with flies in the middle of the jungle, and he starts to have a conversation with it. And he talks back to it, and he says, do you remember the like exact words that he says? The, the pig, like in Simon's head, he hears the pig's head saying things like, just, I'll take care of it. I'll, I'll, it'll all be, <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah. Get in the car, Simon, oh, we're go. going to the mall. <laughs> I'll take care of it. Now, the pig head in Simon's head just basically says you know you're just a kid you don't know yeah but Simon's here I can read it. a little bit of it okay yeah. so it says you're a silly little boy said the lord of the flies just an ignorant silly little boy Simon moved his swollen tongue and said nothing and then it sort of goes along and he says um let's see fi- fi- oh wait we didn't talk about the beast so the yeah. okay I'll skip that part too uh, <laughs> we should come back to that because we'll that's come like back a, to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so eventually Simon starts imagining that this, or not imagining, depending on how literal you want to be about this. Uh, so the head says, I'm warning you, I'm going to get angry. <clears throat> Do you see? You're not wanted. Understand? We're going to have fun on this island. Understand? We're going to have fun on this island. So don't try it on my poor misguided boy or else. Simon found he was looking into a vast mouth. There was a blackness within, a blackness that spread. Or else, said the Lord of the Flies, we shall do you. See, Jack and Roger and Maurice and Robert and Bill and Piggy and Ralph. Do you see? Do you? Simon was inside the mouth. He fell down and lost consciousness. Hmm. Oh, boy. Well, actually, that sounds more like 
the voice of Jack, mm-hmm. which would make yeah. sense that coming does. out of because Actually, Jack killed the pig. And the but part, what is the, the, so the he's basically exhort the pig voice is exhorting Simon oh, not to sacrifice I, himself. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. Here's the part that I really wanted to read. Okay, so and it's basically the the. Lord of the Flies saying that he's everywhere. So it's, you knew, didn't you? I'm part of you. Close, close, close. I'm the reason why it's no-go, why things are the way they are. So the pig is sort of representing this, like, evil force in the world and saying, I'm within you. You can't escape me. I'm here. So it's an allegory for the innate evilness of humanity. Right. But do you cool. remember yeah. there was a, Simon has a, has a line that is so literary because it's sort of un, almost unbelievable that an eight-year-old would say this. And I buy it because it's so beautifully done. But do you remember when they're all fighting about, the, oh, the beast, which we'll talk about, the, uh, Simon, who has a terrible fear of speaking in public, mm-hmm. who won't speak out loud. He just sort of will be in the background. He's like third after Ralph, Piggy, Simon. Um, he says, you know, do you ever think the real, he says almost to himself, do you think the real problem is us? So Simon. he's beside right, Kids say the darndest things. Yeah. <laughs> you are soulless. <laughs> I was just going to say, I just want to hug Simon I, and make it all better. I, You're I, like, kids say the darndest things. Oh, my Andrew, God. If there was an episode of Kids Say the Darndest Things where Simon was there and he's, do you think the real beast is us? <laughs> and, and like the studio just crashed. And like, like all Bill the Cosby, <laughs> Bill Cosby just looks at the camera and Whoa. then they cut to commercial really fast. <laughs> Ha 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 Man, that was some funny podcast. <laughs> Don't you think? Man, these people are so funny and charming. They're so I, I especially like that Andrew fella. He's a hoot. Yeah, I like him too. But you know what? Maybe I'll make a website about him. Maybe I'll go to Squarespace <laughs> and make my next move, which is a, a website about Andrew. So uh, Squarespace... <laughs> Is a website that you can use to make websites. They have beautiful award-winning designer templates that you don't even have to know like how to put a website together. They'll show you how. Um, yeah, you know that like artisanal bespoke web design that you've been hearing so much about. This is where you get it. This you is get where it you get it. Uh, they also are, they're they're an all-in-one platform, so you don't have to like download patches or like upgrade software. Ew. Which ew, who does that anymore? Just open I don't a even web like browser. To restart my Windows. Ew. Ew. Uh, if you, you could also get a unique <laughs> domain when you sign up for a year, I think. Um, and they, you can make any sort of website. So if you want to make a website about Andrew, you could, mm-hmm. you could make a website about your band or you could like sell stuff like we do or which we've actually really enjoyed doing. It's very easy to do. You could make like a portfolio or like a fan site, like I said, but maybe not about Andrew, maybe about like Sonic the Hedgehog or something. Right. You can host all your erotic Sonic the Hedgehog fic yeah. up there. Yeah. Squarespace Anyways, is, yeah. is right. there for you. Make your next very fast move with Squarespace. <laughs> gotta go fast. Gotta Over go to fast. squarespace.com. <laughs> so you gotta and go fast. Enter, enter the offer code overdue and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Start your free trial today. Squarespace, make your next move to Sonic the Hedgehog. If you want to learn more about Sonic the Hedgehog, I don't know if the Penn State World Campus can help, but they can help you learn about a lot of other things. Uh, Penn State World Campus allows you to earn your Penn State degree online from anywhere in the world, and it offers more than 125 graduate and undergraduate degree and certificate programs. Craig, do you know how many top 
wait. <laughs> <laughs> it has the most top 10 ranked programs in U.S. News and World Report's 2017 Best Online Programs rankings. I'm, really, I'm glad you know that. Um, and they also provide admissions, counselors, and coaches to help you decide if Penn State World Campus is the best fit for you. Uh, so you can find out more about this at worldcampus.psu.edu. It's a good fit if you're a busy working adult like we all are. I'm so busy and I'm so working. And I'm so adult. <laughs> uh, if you want to, if, you, if you're in a career and you want to advance, you need, you know, sometimes you need a piece of paper before people let you do a job. I get that paper. Get the paper and then earn some paper. Um, or if you want to start fresh in a new field, um, or, and if you want to set your own pace to earn your degree, not everybody has four years where they can just pause their lives and go to school. So, uh, yeah, again, that's worldcampus.psu.eu, Penn State World Campus, a world of possibilities online. online. So the beast is what? It's this like evil thing that they think is on the island with them? Right. They've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And the little ones are convinced that they hear noises in the night and that it's the beast. And okay. they do discuss like whether it comes out of the water or it came from the sky or right. it comes out of the woods. Like all mm-hmm. their fears are manifested, but there is an actual real beast. Well, sort of. The, are you talking about the parachutist? Do you remember? Do you remember the parachutist? Oh, yes. I do not remember Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Because no. a plane goes down. There's like dogfighting above the island or something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. And the parachutist the comes down really and weird. gets caught. At the, he's at the top of the mountain, and his parachute gets what? I don't. I thought this part of the book was odd. I didn't understand why the parachute. It was, was really there. well described. I mean, it, it's uh, because he his parachute gets caught into the trees, and the guy is dead in, in the parachute, and he lands sort of like you know sitting, but because of the movement of the wind and the trees, like he's always flopping forward, and then the wind will pull. He goes sits up and then he goes down and then mm-hmm. sits up and so when some of the boys in the periphery see it they just see it as this billowing parachute thing, fluttering right. thing yeah. that moves okay. like a mm-hmm. mouth I mean imagine you're that age I mean even I can have memories of like when you're in the dark of like what is that what is that mm-hmm. you know what is that and then being too afraid to really investigate it and actually Simon is the only one that actually finds out that it's a human guy and he actually releases the parachute and, and the guy eventually just blows away um, <laughs> but none of the other boys ever re- know because simon never gets to tell them because yeah. when he tries to we can talk about that later maybe yeah no talk well, about simon gets killed and, the, yeah. and why does that happen what is that in the middle of i don't rec- i don't recall like what is the action that precedes that uh, there jack is in full jack mode he's they st- he, he went full his- Jack. You never go full Jack. <laughs> Jacked out. Jack is jacked <laughs> at this point. Jack and his choir, they are no longer choir boys. They are like, they're face painted. They're practically savages. naked. They use the word savages. They're savages. They paint their faces and, the, and then it's much made of like the act of painting a face takes away any real need to be civilized yeah, or a yeah. personality. Sure, you can almost yeah. do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So they're like in full kill kill the pig get out of the mode and they have this horrible there's chant. a terrible like, storm coming yeah. it's like they hear the thunder and you know it's set up very dramatically and um the, with the storm coming and the booming they call the cannon of the thunder mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. eating the pig and it's sort of like the fruition of jack's sort of like i am now really chief and ralph is not i am the only ruler they go into a frenzied dance of hysteria and then simon comes out of the, the woods after releasing this the beast the actual guy in a parachute mm-hmm. and wants to tell them what it was like the beast is not this and in the frenzy of it 
because they, they play pig too. Yeah, like they, they like breed. Oh, yeah. They not only kill yeah. pigs, but they also pretend to, like right. these kids will do. Right. Simon comes into this melee and they end up killing him. They just tear him to pieces, basically, mm. in the, in a frenzy of this ritual of power, like mm-hmm. Bacchae style. Like, oh, we're just whipped up to right, do right, this yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. which interestingly, you know, everybody wants to the next day. Like, both sides want to just. Pre- didn't Pretend happen. It didn't right. happen. He was right. never here. Yeah. And yeah. then it's also... Oh, man, was I drunk last night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like that. What did I do? <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting to contrast that with Piggy's death also. Full spoiler alert. Which is like the clearest Piggy... memory I have of reading this book. Yeah. How so Piggy how do you dies. remember it? I remember him. He like falls from a cliff onto a rock or something and his brain comes out of his yeah. mouth. Yes. It's Whoa. like... It's yeah, very it's graphic. graphic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it because they're trying to roll this giant boulder. Yeah, they roll it. Yeah, they do roll it. Ooh. And then there's the boulder. <laughs> they roll the boulder. Yeah, and then that that is also the way that they are trying we're we're just gonna wow, it feels so hard to talk about these spoilers because now this is just the absolute end of the book. Yeah. Because it's fine. so then with Ralph, they are hunting down Ralph. Like it's it's everything is falling apart. Sam and Eric, who are the twins that they refer to as one name Sam, Sam and Eric, Eric, which I think is yeah. actually very <laughs> clever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um they he confides in them that he's there and he's near their camp and he's with them, but like he can't come out because he knows that they're going to kill him. And then I think what happened, and this is sort of like dubious, but I think that Sam and Eric ratted him out and said like, yeah, he's right here. And they try to roll boulders on top of him. And at that moment, the entire Island is on fire at the very end because this fire that they've set, they're trying to smoke him out. Right. So they basically trying to smoke Ralph out. But Ralph's the last one standing on that side. Yeah, exactly. They all defect. But it's clear that this is also part of them literally burning down the sil- the civilization that they've built for themselves sure. mm-hmm. because the island is going to go up. They're gonna, all going to die. Yeah. Right? yeah. But that much smoke then creates enough of a signal that they then get rescued yeah. because the entire island is on fire. Right. So and that's how it ends. Ralph lives and he gets rescued and the whole thing sort of ends with him, you know, being like what looked at in amazement by this officer yeah. who's on this island mm-hmm. and with Ralph, you know, crying and saying like, I I'm remembering my good true friend Piggy, which I and, thought and, wasn't and, nice to Simon. Simon gets forgotten in the end. Yeah. Like, oh, he's, but yeah, he's running to the, he's running to the beach. He falls to his like knees and yeah. he, 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 they show from Ralph's point of view, who's just scans up the officer and sees all the epaulets mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gold oh, yeah. braid and stuff. And it's just like, yeah. what? <laughs> and then the, the officer is like, you know, Oh boys, you know, having some fun play. Yeah. He's just playing war. And yeah, Ralph honestly mm-hmm. goes like, yeah, and then he goes, yeah, and then the officer says, "Anyone killed?" And think as a seemingly as a yeah, joke, and yeah. then Ralph goes, "Oh, two. <laughs> and the officer's like, "What? It's not the answer I was expecting." And then, <laughs> then doesn't it like pan to him like looking at his like warship? Yes, with a like. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's boys, how it ends. Boys that's will be the boys. Last line. Yeah, that's the very right. last line. Right. Yeah. yeah. He scans it almost in embarrassment, like he turns yeah. away. Right. But there's a great. T- part where he's the officer says to ralph like so who's the boss here mm. and jack steps forward but doesn't then steps back and ralph says i am wow yeah so jack really and jack's in full like crazy mode that yeah. yeah like they're he's Painted basically about to kill the blood, ralph. blood and stuff yeah. yeah yeah but so okay know, so that's it that's well, the so summary you, you, good so, so was that, is that we done that's no <laughs> we're done no, Great. Just, thanks like, for joining interesting us to me is like like and well not as well Interesting and not as interesting when you said it's an allegory for civilization. And of course, it's been discussed, I guess, like how would you bring that in? How far, you know, how it's how we revert to this. I keep wanting to think of a word 
that's the word is Chthonian, which I read once you. in a Camille Polyamore, which means basically out of Tim Allen Home Alone <laughs> Home at, Improvement Noise oh in my, here. My, t- my Tim Allen Home Alone noise. Yeah, <laughs> remember when when he was in like that what? movie in those deleted scenes? <laughs> I love how we just went from Chthonian and Camille Polyamore to. Uh, I it's, guess it's I, a high I never thought and, I'd high be the intellectual yeah. of the group. High, high and low, low comedy. Yeah. Exactly. Excuse anyway. me. Chthonian means. Yeah, Chthonian. I can't It means sort of like base, animalistic, that sort of oh. like, you know, I, none of those words are really perfectly right. And I, I cannot think of the actual word I want to use, but whatever. You can get it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to Apollonian, which is oh, like, sure. you know, the high, high end, like us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're a Chthonian. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Scrabble from Philly. Um, Jeez, right. Why don't you a high-minded New Yorker oh, is going to shame you. Why don't you go write a letter to Auntie about it? Mm, delicious. <laughs> Yeah. What? I said I told him to write a letter to Auntie about it. I'm, just, I'm gonna make <laughs> this. I'm gonna make Auntie. this happen. Okay. As he pins his hair, <laughs> he's trying to make Auntie happen over uh, this. <laughs> I think it's happening. I like. Yeah. I think the sequel is gonna be Auntie and the Choir Boys. Yeah. Um. All right. So okay. is that like you'll that one will devolve to that lose civil the vestiges of civilization and fairness and high mindedness and go into that and devolve into a brutal animal who just kills and stuff like that, but. Yet, sure, but not every, this is what's interesting to me, is that every, not everyone does that. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a story about like, oh, you rip away civilization, we're all going to be clawing at each other. S- uh, Simon doesn't, Piggy doesn't, Ralph t- fights with it, mm-hmm. Simon fights with it, but they don't go there. And so that, the question to me is looking at personalities. That's why I find it interesting. Like, mm. how, how would you be if you landed mm-hmm. on this island? It's like really knowing your personality or knowing a personality in the Lord of the Flies and see where it takes them. Like, what something is interesting to me, maybe I'm wrong though, you can remind me. You really don't get anyone's internal thoughts except Ralph's and Simon's. Mm-hmm. Huh. You see okay. Jack mm-hmm. going, That's hunting right. the pig, but all he's thinking about is his thoughts are, Move the reed. Where's the pig? Is the is the spear hard, uh, sharp enough? Uh, hearing the noise, uh, Ralph goes through, an, like I said before, an existential crisis where he he you have some of his memories of home, and then he goes away from them almost as an escape route, and then he talks. He starts talking about thinking. He even t- at one point thinking about the concept of thinking that he yeah. has to keep thinking to keep alive, which is like right. that blew my mind. Gives in me goosebumps, mm-hmm. right? Whereas Jack doesn't say that, so there's a personality that for some reason is reacting that way, and Jack's is reacting another way, and Simon mm-hmm. is almost like a victimized or sacrificed. Sacrifices himself, yeah. or says, "I yeah. cannot be a part of this. I can't." That's why that like I originally follow Andrew as as my leader, but I think eventually if it devolved into this horrible <laughs> stuff, I might just divorce myself from it because I couldn't. You deal just pull with a it. Simon. Like yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't be a Sam and Eric and defect because I'm afraid or got beaten up. I'd I'd rather die. I think. I, <laughs> well, maybe I think I I think a lot more of myself. Maybe flip than, your hair back. I'd rather <laughs> die. I'd rather, I'd rather die. die. As long as I can have the long blonde hair, I'm good. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess I mean, those are like, like two different kinds of coping mechanisms or something, right? There's like the person who's like, I'm going to think my way out of this and I just have to keep thinking about it. And then there's the person where if I p- stop to think about this, I will just collapse it on myself. Yes. And I won't be able to get anything mm-hmm. done. So I'm just going to stay in the moment and I'm going to just, you know, be present and do things one thing at a time. Yeah, that's interesting that you don't get to see the inside of that brain, though, mm-hmm. as a reader. Like Golding isn't taking you in that brain. I wonder if that's a way of him sort of like 
making an other also yeah that like yeah. jack yeah, is yeah. other than us he's not part of civilized society he isn't like me he isn't like you he isn't like you reader you know he i'm gonna like separate you from him by not actually telling you what he's thinking right because yeah. if you're reading i mean i'm i wonder too if like you're reading this book you're thinking about what would happen on this island mm-hmm. like you're at least starting from closer to a ralph or a simon mm-hmm. maybe a piggy and then like jack jack wouldn't read the book yeah, Jack would pig. not read he would, the book, right? Yeah. Exactly. Jack would not read the book. <laughs> he would light it on fire. He would light to it cook on his fire, pig. yeah. He does, I mean, you don't get a lot into Jack's head, it's true, maybe because they're, I mean, I first would say that's a failing of the book, and I thought, and maybe there isn't much there, or it's very, very emotional on the surface. Mm. There isn't a lot of thoughtfulness or contemplation, which can lead us to the current political climate. Yeah, is he well, manipulating them? He's not manipulating uh-oh. them, right? He's just kind of like, this is what we do? I, I don't know. Who? who, who Jack. Say it again. Is he manipulating the other boys into coming on his side, or is he just like, we're going to kill the pig and get some yeah. food? I don't think he's that conscious. The, I think yeah. he's yeah, the so reactive. He's not manipulating them. Well, the other the other thing that happens when you don't go into Jack's head, which is like fueling the conversation here, is you just kind of get to project on that, like sure. whatever his reasoning is or mm-hmm. whatever his thought process is, and wondering it's... what would drive a person to that is as much part of Ralph's story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. But there are they, Golden gives Jack observations like the omniscient narrator or whatever observes Jack at times at the beginning and it's very sweet like there's a even a point where Jack defers to Ralph and the, he almost describes Jack and Ralph as sort of like a sort of love yeah like hmm. for each other. Yeah. And like, you know how they are so excited, like at the beginning about no adults, like they're doing cartwheels oh and there's sort of, there's sort of this, yeah, what? Just, oh, oh boy. boy. Just yeah. like, I've seen Kid Nation. I know how this goes. <laughs> And, um, I don't even know what that is. I don't even. It has a deep me. cut reference to some reality show that ran for a year in like 2007 or uh-huh. 2008, and they took a bunch of kids and took them out to like some desert in Utah or something. Yes, and told them to run a city. Yes, oh, but there were also but there are also like physical challenges and money and stuff. Yeah, that they could like win. The, it's like the they could win like cash prizes. Survivor you've ever seen. Wow. one kid got taken off the show. They didn't air this because they almost drank bleach or like did <gasps> drink bleach yeah. or something. Yeah. <gasps> Because it was like, is there? It's like a the producers can't touch it too much, because they have to see what happens when the ten year old say, watches a kid kill a rooster. As a parent, that is the worst <laughs> idea I've ever heard what in my is, entire life. That is like really up there with the top five worst ideas on they earth. They could win. How money. did that get? Oh my god! I know <laughs> they could workers. win money. Yeah, yeah, the kids would like elect to give one of the other kids like a gold star. To give yeah, each other money. yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. How did that get passed? Like. Don't I don't know. I think there are some people who they decide now, what's a good idea and what's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was some, there was some speculation that they filmed it where they did because the child labor laws were like more <gasps> oh that, or something like that. A yeah. Great point of what Craig was saying before about when you when you are both playing both sides. Like Gwen said, that's the worst idea for as a parent for a kid. And then Craig said, well, you can win money. Yeah. And like you were playing you were playing the sides because that's actually a great point about this book about Lord of the Flies is that. I can imagine a Ralph thinking like, yes, the money could help so much. Yes, yes, yes. But, Mm -hmm. and I don't, I I hope I could say this in a way that's not too funny or derisive, but we'll see that. (laughs) Oh, Andrew, Andrew, my chief, Um, where, uh, where Ralph could surmise. Yes. But what would it do to my soul? It would completely be a damaging thing. Mm -hmm. Like, so you like those classic twilight zones. There are lots of stories where Mm -hmm. they accept the immediate gratification, the money, because it's going to solve so many problems and they never enjoy it because they're guilt ridden the rest of their life. Or some of those kids leave that kid nation thing and are just like, really damaged by the yeah. experience about what they experienced there and then suddenly that $50,000 is not so it doesn't last that long sure yeah. that's exactly hmm 
I'm mm. glad we could work Kid Nation. Well, do you want? This. Well, so we can also. So what happens in Kid Nation? Someone watch oh, the Google trend line for Kid Nation. There's a whole bunch of. Up. I don't want to go. We could do a whole podcast on Kid Nation. Like, <laughs> does it devolve like Lord of the Flies? Like no, no. I mean they've got enough producers there. And they all yeah. spend their time in the arcade and the root beer bar instead, and like that the one girl's yelling like yeah, deal with actually, it. There, there are a lot of choices where they're asked. Okay, you can pick like a pleasurable thing, like a. Like uh, an arcade, or you can pick something that would be like good for civilization, like food. <laughs> yeah, and there's the the, there's this. The, my favorite one was there. They were presented. They could either take a balloon ride now, like a hot air balloon ride, or they could have like a permanent plaque erected in the desert to commemorate their journey <laughs> uh-huh. in Kid Nation, and they chose the balloon. Well, ride. that's a ridiculous <laughs> choice. <laughs> I, we need to watch all this Hollywood produced. You and I really show. need to up our TV game. You um, and I are both really. Well, bad. I mean that that actually to bring it back to the book. Yeah, <laughs> um, that happens all over the book too. Like there's there are lots of moments where the younger ones mostly, but they they start doing work, but then they sort of drift off to the waiting pool or to the to pick fruit off the trees and they stop working. And Ralph makes a point of it right. later. He's like, you know, it doesn't get done. <laughs> yeah. To me, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is going to sound so like middle management, but like as a manager, <laughs> which I hate that word, but yet I'm called a manager. I run a building and a staff. I saw this as like a management crisis because Ralph is just like, you're not doing your work. You're drifting off and you're not focused on the ultimate goal yeah. here. And I was like, I could see so many management issues of how you deal because it's really how you deal with personality. Now, and Sam that- and Eric, this is why I, I've brought, I put this chart up to show you <laughs> your numbers are going down. Over your performance time. evaluation is going to reflect Piggy, bring this. Up the PowerPoint. Now, go home and read Who Moved My Cheese. <laughs> Exactly, because and I mean, and Ralph gets really, really, really frustrated because yeah. this, and this is such a man- management thing too, is that he doesn't understand. Yeah. He gets mm. frustrated. Mm. Right, and he's twelve, but frustrated. But Lord knows it doesn't change. Frustrated, well, you, no one's focused on the ultimate thing, which is like you got to keep the fire going. You got, we have to be saved. How can you not see this right. as the ultimate goal? And everyone else is like, well, I sort of want to like eat pig meat yeah. <laughs> or something yeah. and it's such a manager thing or a leadership thing where you cannot get everybody on board all the time and mm-hmm. then it spins out of control so lord of the flies is a management issue it's really <laughs> a failure of messaging i think yeah yeah, well, yeah. Like, i even wrote a note in one of the post-its like a, com- a, a passage like the diff- the incredible difficulty of communication it's so hard hard because sure. he's he's trying to focus everybody and yeah. then one of the little ones says like what about the beast you know so it's like yeah. you're at a man a meeting at your workplace and it's like okay we're gonna get like uh 25,000 circulations on books this year and they're like well what about the pizza party you promised us when we would do the last <laughs> thing you did and i'm like okay right <laughs> and then you know whatever i mean this is not from life. I'm making it up. Sure. That's <laughs> it's not a real thing. But you no. know what sure. I mean? Like yeah. sort of that, Staff like, of how could Market. you be focused? Don't you believe in this ultimate thing here? Mm-hmm. No. When yeah. you had mentioned before we, when we were here earlier about like, there are no girls on this island either. It is like a boy's school, presumably from Britain. I, who knows? Or the boys were the ones getting rescued. They didn't, they, he, William Golding does make clear that they did not know each other beforehand. Except, oh, except for Sam and Eric. Except for the, and choir. the choir. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, but it's boys who have been rescued. Yeah. Huh. We don't know who died. We, and you don't know what happened yeah. right. you to don't the know. adults I, on the, on the yeah. plane. I mean, I yeah. guess that fits in with the evacuation theory, right? That sure. This is just where they all were and you got to get them out as soon as you can. And Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I don't know. They don't talk about girls much. There is no mention of any female anything going on here. It is prepubescent. Although there is quite the stuff about where they kill the pig. I mean, he knows what he is doing. That is like bloodlust. Emphasis on the lust. Like Mm -hmm. it is described in a very frank sexual way. Yeah. Well, Jack learns because he was he had a learning curve because when he first started hunting the pig, he was. Not a pro yet. Right. But even the language that the author Golden uses to use, like. Does he use the word Oedipal at one point or something like it? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember Oedipal. I feel like they cut that out of the, when they were making the movie, they like took some of that stuff out. Because, oh, interesting. So that the little kids wouldn't read it. Oh, it's more in like huh, the, Oedipal. the part I remember at least is the description of the reaction that they are having oh. to like, how do I even do this? So like falling upon this pig yeah. right? and like mm. dismantling the pig oh, and right. the like feelings well, that are running through their bodies as they are oh. dismantling this pig. Well, it's very I, I didn't sexual. know what you meant by Oedipal, but that, I just I think I know now. You, they kill the mother pig. Yeah. Mm. And they, who's oh, that's right. They suckling, choose. Exactly. They piglet, choose the suckling. biggest, like yeah. meatiest pig who has all of these piglets on her as mm-hmm. they kill her. Or at least that, as they start to chase was, her. That was a really well done scene for because it was so violent. But do you remember what he, what Golden counterpointed it with? I think Simon or someone looks over and sees where they were hiding in the reeds, like butterflies flittering around. And he says they they're a blue. Um, he says something that the pig, the pig. He describes the, the the sow as freaking out because it's suddenly like this unexpected intrusion into the life she's led like mm-hmm. suddenly it's like what is this like you, know, you get the point of view from the pig like you know we've never encountered this mm-hmm. and he counterpoints it very quickly with the oh, he almost says the butterflies were oblivious to it like there's this tragic drama going on here but yet part other part of nature yeah. is just mm-hmm. not even recognizing that sure. whereas as humans mm-hmm. like we 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 might see the butterflies but we also see the incredible tragedy of what's occurring in front of us mm-hmm. there's such a counterpoint mm-hmm. of natural obliviousness or survival i mean but yeah is, is that what you meant by the oedipal thing no i was specifically talking about the the sexual nature of oh. ripping of apart that pig, pig. Yeah. yeah that's the only part oh my that god I do you remember the line itself. what happens what roger says no i don't you know, know the exact line look at oh, your memory right now what is your your memory is amazing i know well, <laughs> there's, there's codeine or i don't know it doesn't make you have oh, was it? meth i'm sorry crystal meth um, I'm sorry, crystal meth. Uh, crystal the meth opposite in your coffee. Can I? Say, well, producer yes, can cut yeah. it. It's a line from the play. He goes, "Shove it up her ass." Mm, the spear. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, and that's where the whole like two-headed st- or two. Um, the two. The, the spears like yes, sharp the on both sharp sides. Sharp on both ends, yeah. right? Because at the very end, when they're going after Ralph and trying to flush him out, they say something about how the stick is sharpened at both ends. Yeah. And you're like, I. Cool. Well, well, yeah. So the sexual, I mean, like they realize that they've stabbed the pig there, and but I thought that this two-sided sharpen was that one could go in the ground and that they put Ralph's head. Yes, I think that's correct. But oh, that's okay. also what happened to the pig, right? Yeah, the Lord right. of Flies. Mm-hmm. Right, that the head. Yeah, that's true. That that must have been shocking to yeah. the audience then to read what they did to the mother pig. Well, so that kind of leads into like the the actual writing style of this book is pretty dispassionate. It's pretty like this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. It doesn't feel there's a little bit of like lyricism and butterflies and whatever, but like it feels <laughs> it feels quite quite uh, pared down to me. Mm-hmm. I, you don't think so? What do you guys think? That's Having one, not read the book in twenty years, that's, that's why I would think uh, it fits in that age range where a lot of us seem to have read it, 
where the language is not explicitly difficult, but it's got these very uh, potent and fertile uh, for. Mm, uh, <laughs> no, just keep going. Hand That's good. The two worst words I could have picked. <laughs> You're um, yeah, like ten like, years old. I wish I there was some video so that people could see your hand gestures. The, the, <laughs> the allegories and the imagery and the metaphors that it uses. There's a lot of room there, right? Even though it's not like mm-hmm. take. It's not guiding you through a super lyrical world. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I. I don't yeah. know. That's why it's exciting to your like thirteen to fifteen year old brain. It's like oh. I can make connections between these things, but it doesn't, I don't have to work as hard to read it. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. You seem mm-hmm. to disagree. That makes sense. I think he's very sophisticated. I mean, like describing the parachutists, like it's part of the thing that I said about reading when I read the great Gatsby. He's like, I don't know if I would have picked that up. So it's not so accessible, but what it is, is it stretches. Like if mm. you really, I think mm-hmm. he gets you like who isn't gotten by a story of like, Oh, boys, my age dumped on an Island, no adults. How do you survive? I'm hooked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure. then, he brings other elements in that definitely challenge that. This actually, to me, at times, I reading it as an adult, I was like, "This is really high opera in some ways." And uh, this is like, sure. you know, he has some moments of just like, you know, the tears flow and you know, the hair pushing back. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, I don't know about that hair. But um, also, there's some really it, it's almost melodramatic, but they they really work. Like that p- p- little Percival as a mom. Who's intoning yeah, his okay, that's Percival really sad. Wemmy's Madison? And yeah. he gives us a, it makes you a cry. dress over and over. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then he ends really a chapter sad. with Percival lying there crying, and he I it says remember. even his own no his own that's later, but his his own incantation can't make oh, him feel yeah. safe. Oh man! So and then at the very end, when the officer shows up, he can't remember. He can't remember. He's one, he goes up to the officer and says, "I'm I'm." Yeah, I'm, I'm, dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really sorry, sad. Sorry, you. <laughs> you need to hold hands. <laughs> we bonded. Um, it's what? also like when we're just talking about the language. It's also worth noting. I think that this was his first novel, Goldings. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so if it's like if it's not super like florid or quote unquote literary, like maybe that's maybe that's an explanation why. Yeah, so it's just know. like feeling. I haven't out read how any to of his other stuff, so I don't really. Yeah, he right. had a very long career though, yes. right? Didn't he win the Nobel? He won yeah. The Nobel. He, so he won yeah. the Nobel Prize for literature. Um, he won a Booker Prize in 1980 for one of his later books. It was called uh, Rites of Passage, and it was the first of a trilogy. And then he had another novel come out in 95 posthumously. He was um, knighted in 1988. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like he was, he was pretty heavily decorated. But um, yeah, this was his first, his first novel. Hmm. Yeah. So what? Tell us now. Ooh. I mean, if you yeah. what you've just dis- what you discovered in your research on the author. And, I mean, if book. we're if we're gonna tie it explicitly to stuff about the about the book. I mean, his he was in World War II. He did like participate in the Normandy ev- invasion, and he helped sink mm. the Bismarck. Yeah, he helped yeah. sink the Bismarck. Oh. Uh-huh. Take that Bismarck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and he, you know, he emerged from that war like pretty pessimistic and like disillusioned in some way. So if we're talking about violence and like the innate evil of, of sure. man, I think World War Two is gonna gonna do that for you. Yeah, and he was he was um, teaching before he enlisted. His dad was a teacher, I think. Um, and then, yeah, he enlisted. And then I don't know why he submitted to Favor and Favor in 54, but he did. Like, he wrote um, he this was, book and then was like, so here he you was, go. So he was, um, one number I found put it at 20 publishers rejected this first. <laughs> cool. Um, and one of the, there's a sort of famous note, and I couldn't find an attribution for it, but one of the notes he got back was that it was an absurd and uninteresting fantasy, which was rubbish and dull. <laughs> 
my God. Wow. Yeah, um, so wow. he so he took it to Faber and Faber and they also rejected it. But then he had got like an advocate on, the, you know, a new in, guy in the up. organization and Looks like, good to me. yeah, and, and put it out. It was huh. published in 54. And um, at the time in America, at least it sold fewer than 3000 copies. It went out of print for a little bit. It went yeah. out, out of print. But um, so E.M. Forster, who Craig, you researched some of the stuff. That, okay, E.M. Forster, he he recommended he it, and he, he um, and it was also made into a movie in '63. Have you I guys believe. seen the yes. Peter Brooks movie? Yeah. Oh but, um, man, there's one in '63 and then one in 1990, but. The oh. 63 one is by, by far better. But so yeah, after, after, after those yeah. both oh, wow. happen, like I that's when it's that. that's when its reputation went up and it started selling more. Uh, than I want to make sure we talk about the Peter Brook movie because it was made in 63. Do you guys know who Peter Brook is? Yes. He's like he's like I this don't. weirdo theater director who kind of advanced some modern techniques. He did about, experimental um, yeah. Shakespeare productions, a seriously mm-hmm. theatrical guy. Mm-hmm. He made this film basically by getting a bunch of parents to agree to let him take their kids to Puerto Rico and put them on an island. And he didn't write a script. He just brought a bunch of copies of the book. Oh, no. And then he would just, like, tell them what the scene was going to be, and then they would act it out. That's almost as bad an idea as Kid Nation. Uh-huh. Um, I have a quote. <laughs> I have a quote from... Uh, he got Kid them Nation. all back together, like, several years, like, down the, like, down the down the line to see like what had happened to them. How were they feeling? Um, and the, one of the guys who played Sam Narek said, the problem is that most of us uh, were not trained artists. Um, so I now believe that Peter runs the risk of abandoning us to our fate, just as he did in 1961, <laughs> when he plucked us from our schools oh. and our homes, put us on the island, then cast us back to our lives as if nothing would ever change. And Ouch, the Sam kid, and Eric. <laughs> I know. And the kid who played Simon... Uh, remembered having like nightmares from one of the scenes because they they literally like had him run through the woods and emerge and all these kids there was fire everywhere and these kids were pointing sticks at him and he got killed air quotes like as you are as was going to happen I know the other thing that's interesting about that film is that whenever you see Simon um, up until like maybe a couple action sequences he's always alone in the frame like he is never in frames with other boys because huh. he's always like separate and you know being even with old... Ralph and Piggy. Yeah, usually huh. it's usually like like hmm. let's find out what Simon has to say. The Jesus figure uh, yeah. over here by himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, that movie ooh, you couldn't, couldn't like you could it, make that movie today. You couldn't do that. It sounds like it utterly fails to consider the fact that these are real children. Yeah, which <laughs> like this is happening. To and children. everyone likes that film. So hmm, well, again, the, the theme that that pursue that you know pursues here is like the parents get bedazzled by. I'm like losing. English function bedazzled <laughs> by um, money and had fame or or the kids are insistent but they're just kids and the parents weaken but what's the long-term effect like do you really want for whatever benefit it might mean do you want your kid to actually undergo this maybe they didn't know but then I it's also like the ethics knew. on the on the hand of the director mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. you know that someone who did survive who was an extra or a supporting character in uh, Lord of the Flies 1963 he went on to and this brings it back together he went on to great glory as Friedrich in The Sound of Music <laughs> I am sorry uh, Nicholas Hammond who played no yeah he played Friedrich in Sound of Music That's was so one funny. of the boys wow. and he became and then he was Spider-Man in the 70s he was Spider-Man TV huh. show huh so wow. Nicholas Hammond it worked out for okay. one of them yeah it worked out for one of them what Oh. We're starting to get the wrap it up sign. Really? Producer. I feel like I'm just getting. I, I, know, I know. I feel like you guys haven't 
like told us any relevant background that there's, we need to know. There's one other thing that I just wanted to bring I just, up. Is, I thought the publication, like, I yeah. think it's really interesting whenever anybody really struggles to publish what eventually is revealed to be a classic of literature. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because that story always, it's like, and we took a little bit to find, like, why it took off. Mm-hmm. And it, it seemed to be the movie happened. That was a, yeah, that was a big part of it. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like and also getting know, like recognized by the yeah. literary establishment yeah. and stuff. Um, but what I didn't know about this book at all, uh, so I'll just toss it out there for folks to like learn more about, is that there was a book in the 19th century called the Coral Island. You ever heard of the, that book? No. So that was like a you know English boys would read it in school, and it was a Robinson Crusoe type. Uh, three young kids named Ralph, Jack, and Peterkin hmm. went to an island. Peterkin? Yeah. Hmm. Um, went to a Polynesian <laughs> island and like yeah. brought Christianity to these savages and like saved uh. these girls from being slaughtered as by savage activities and whatnot. And he, uh, he read that book and remembers enjoying it as a kid, but also like this is garbage like this is not a this imperialistic view Uh, of like taking over a native people is like not cool mm -hmm. um let me reconsider what would happen if we were just there on our own so there's like they reference it in the book um i think either the yeah they end the uh this this the rescuing general Mm -hmm. says oh like coral island it's a jolly good show like coral island yeah yeah, yeah. that's right Um, i I didn't i remember thinking what is that i had to look that up but i didn't didn't and i think they've made it into like a a mini series or you can Uh, go find that but uh he was he was throwing some shade at coral island like (laughs) by creating this story post-world war ii which Hmm. is interesting did he sort of go on to be like a writerly guy like was he in a community with lots of other writers that that were the sort of like progressive there um so i don't i don't have a lot of info on that but it does seem like he was a guy who struggled with like his own like inner demons and self-esteem and also with alcoholism there was a um A 2010 biography that was written is called William Golding, the man who wrote Lord of the Flies. So (laughs) if you want to know what he's known for, like that's as far as you have to go. Subtitle, we know you're not quite sure who this is, so let us remind you. (laughs) We know Um, it sounds familiar. And this is apparently um, a quote from Golding in that book. And he says of Lord of the Flies, what a good book Lord of the Flies is. I've just reread it and I'm quite convinced I never wrote it. It's much bigger than I am. So I don't think he probably saw himself as much of like a you know a, a literary yeah like I don't a, know. Big, a giant of the literary establishment hmm. but um I'm sure there yeah. are people out in the in the world listening to this that could tell us more oh yeah we always get some Twitter corrections and I I always welcome them <laughs> I can't wait to for a them. point <laughs> <laughs> okay well when you're sending them the Twitter corrections you can also tweet at NYPL recommends because I want to hear all the corrections too great yeah do it cool should we. Have Should we start to wrap this up? Uh, yeah, this is so fun. I feel like we could keep talking about this for a million years. Anyway, okay, yes, yeah, sure. So we did ask you guys to bring a book to re- recommend, not literally, actually bring a book, but mm-hmm. in your brains to bring a book. So, um, do you have some recommendations? Okay, uh, the one I am recommending is one I read for the show uh, a few weeks ago. It's called a, Ti- a Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Ozeki, oh. and um, yeah, it's it's like a little magical realism, like a little. Um, biographical a little bit about like the after effects of the um, Fukushima Daiichi like nuclear disaster in Japan um, it's a lot of those things like mixed together as I'm talking it's on Amazon the Kindle edition is like two bucks 
cool and it's a really it's a really good read and it scratches a lot of a lot of itches i think frank so. co-signs that well yeah. it's also free at your library but it's also free at your library indeed free at your I'm library just i talked about that book on the podcast i loved it too oh. and also the free library of philadelphia is an awesome library it is it is yeah it's a pretty cool pretty cool place yeah um i would recommend a visit from the goon squad Jennifer Egan, great. That's when um, you read for the show like super early, and you never stopped talking I, about it's it. One, and it's one of our <laughs> one of our earlier episodes. We were like sixty episodes in at that point. I was like, "This is what we are aiming to do with the show, anyway." I like that you were sixty episodes in, and it's still one of your early episodes. I know. Well, Just at this little point, podcast, okay. you guys are so. But that's so established. That <laughs> book scratched a lot of itches for me. Like I am primed to to like authors that are functioning in a vein similar to Wallace and things like that where it's like it's kind of multi-format there's a PowerPoint presentation in the middle of that book <laughs> there's a whole chapter Whoa. where someone who's high is in the second person um, yeah. and one of the things that I've never forgotten is the last chapter where a bunch of different characters are coming together and it's about like this concert for babies I, it's like a pop star like for babies Raffy. kind of thing um, <laughs> but they're they're talking about social media, not specifically, but the idea that people have been paid to rep this on social media and like what it is to endorse something and have that become a become a like an industry and an economy. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately um, as what our online lives are mm-hmm. and, wow. and how yeah, that intersects cool. with like marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, right. But that book also, uh, Goon Squad also uh, does something I love, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, because I do love it. Um, it p- takes characters, you know, leaves them, brings them back. Like yeah. you, you get them from different points of view because each chapter is like, it's almost it's a different it's character. Own, almost yeah. it's lit- own literary style, like the PowerPoint yes. chapter. The same. Right. It's really a great book. Cool. You know, just quickly, I have, there's a book that I read almost 30 years ago at four. Um, no one's Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> just like embarrassed. I was, no, I was, just, I was, I was just going to let you have it. But. <laughs> you let me have it, all right. <laughs> I have a, I'm going to have a bruise that's going to last for weeks. Oh, no. Write a letter like, to your auntie. Yeah, like, like, write a letter to auntie. Poor little thing. Uh, get out of here. 1989, a book written by Marianne Wiggins, who was actually married at, at that time to Salman Rushdie during huh. his scandal, wrote a book called John Dollar, which was uh, inspired. This might be interesting to you, Gwen. Uh, which is inspired by um, Lord of the Flies, and she wanted to write if it was all girls. Oh, so it's, it's she was reading Lord of the Flies. I was like, hmm, girls might do this differently, and so she wrote book John Dollar, which is eight girls uh, washed, you know, oh, trapped wow. in isolated. Totally how that, that happens? It is harsh. Wow. <laughs> It, uh, ooh, what do they all just? The... Do they all just go shopping? <laughs> what are you? We're oh, a look company. at those coconuts over there. On the flip side, the girls don't all just like get along perfectly and build an amazing society. Oh no! That's they all, they all give each other facials. <laughs> Ew! I'm creating a character. I know. A really gross character over here. He said we were gonna do voices. This, yeah, you yeah. found yours. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow oh this has been a this lot is fun. really fun you guys thanks for having us yeah thanks thanks for coming i want to yeah. talk really even great. more i know me too i want to do I this mean, again. clearly but i want to hear you talk <laughs> i want to hear you talk i think so, so i think charitable. for our next installment we'll do it opposite where frank and i will do some research about 
the author and you guys will read a book and oh, that could be fun yeah let's do it let's do it again Ooh. we should if you if you're into yeah it. Definitely. Oh, and we, course, like, we yeah. could all be in different rooms we could yeah Ooh. or we, we could all go to Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Yeah. I love Either way Philadelphia good. let's all go to Philadelphia yeah let's all set up in my living room and yes. that sounds great. perfect <laughs> <laughs> all right that cool. sounds great all right thanks everybody thank you thanks Ho, 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 What a great podcast that was. Yeah, that was a good episode. I wish our podcast was like that every week. Well, that would take a lot more scheduling because we'd have to get two other people in here. But that was pretty cool. Thanks, Gwen and Frank and Riker and Trevor for helping us make a great episode. Um, if you enjoyed The Librarian is In, you should go to... You should like search for the New York Public Library website, nypl.org, and find them there. You can go to soundcloud.com slash nypl and find their episodes and some other podcasts. You can also just find them in iTunes. And they're up, but yeah, they're up in iTunes and other like podcatchers. So yeah. Podcatchers. Um, if you pods. don't know already, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. That's uh, facebook.com slash overduepod or twitter.com slash overduepod. Thanks to everyone who reached out to us this week. That includes uh, Matey, Margaret, Becky, Catherine, Aaron, the Ladoon Library, Amy, Usanim, Carrie, Graham, Lucas, Angina, Sadia, Amanda, Teresa, Grace, Sarah, Nicole, Jane, Elizabeth, Ellen, Carol, Yerba Suena, Bob, Camille, Mary, Kate, Daisy, Kima, Robbie, Erica, Radiant Fracture, Catherine, Mr. Fithick, Hannah, Amy, and Allison. Thanks, y'all, for writing in. You can also shoot us an email at overduepod at gmail.com. Andrew, if they want to find out more about the show, where should they go? I have to burp. <laughs> then go to overduepodcast.com where we've got links to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, RSS. Those are all ways you can subscribe to the show. Uh, we have a link to our Patreon project. We have a link to HeadGum, our podcast network. We have a link to Stitcher. No, wait. Spreaker. Spreaker, our podcast host. Yeah, maybe a Stitcher. I don't know. Yeah. Usually I've had like a whole podcast like warm up to doing this part at the end. <laughs> Um, we end to remind you guys, uh, bit.ly slash library show is where you can find out more about our live show. Tickets are 15 bucks. That's on Saturday, February 11th at the city library in Philadelphia. Um, you also just have a couple of days left as I say this with my mouth to order <laughs> merch from overduepodcast.com slash store. So we'll post about that a couple times before we take the store down, just in case some of you, Johnny and Janie come lately's. I've been waiting till the last second to get your orders in. That's true. Um, Craig, next week you are reading uh, The Invisible Man. Yeah, by Rep Ellison. Um, yeah. And it's worth noting that our Lord of the Flies was a Patreon recommendation actually from Dana. So if you want to find more about how you can recommend a book that goes on the show sooner than other recommendations, you can find out more, as Andrew said, at patreon.com slash overdue pod. So. Right. And uh, we will be releasing possibly on January 31st. We'll be releasing our um, January bonus episode about Mark Haddon's The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, look out look out for that to hit this week, uh, patrons, and then it'll come out next week for everybody else. Cool. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next week, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.